TikTokZone.com. Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. I haven't met that guy, Adam, who introduces us, but I'm getting more attached to him by the moment. Love that guy's voice. A passionate yet lighthearted look at the sporting world. That's what they call our show. Are you the passionate one, by the way? I'm passionate, but I really? uh, I, I certainly don't have the voice that that guy has. All right. Well, you could be the passionate one. I'll be the lighthearted one. How about that? Fair enough. Beautiful. Two guys at a mic joining you here at TalkZone.com every Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning until 11. Central time once again. If you're out east for a lunchtime show, Adam, and many people on the West Coast or even beyond are waking up to the voice of an Adam Hope. Uh, happy to be here, Coach. Is my wardrobe better today? I know I got scolded on Monday for wearing a nice Argyle sweater, and and you know I was a little too dressy, so I, I, I took it down a notch today. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, apparently we got at him a little bit too much because you have went from one extreme to the other, Certainly. and basically you know it would have been nice if you would have changed out of your sleepwear to come into the show. So you went from well-coiffed Mr. GQ guy right. To like sleepy eyed, wearing pajamas, hooded sweatshirt, whatever you got going on. There is somewhere in the vast in between might be a better look for you. Well, coach, I have two explanations. One, I'm playing, I'm playing basketball this afternoon, so ah, I'm kind of going straight to the gym. My other nice. explanation is I woke up to the traffic report here in the fine city of Chicago that basically said every interstate is shut down. <laughs> there's accidents. There was an accident in Morton Grove. There's an accident at Western, and I'm like. I got to get in the car right now, and sure enough, it took me about an hour to get here. Mm-hmm. When it should be about twenty minutes, so that that had something to do with it too. Beautiful. By Some the way, of we these do guys not have give... a bad attitude, Skip. <laughs> we do not give traffic updates or weather updates on this show. We figure if people want to know what the weather is, they could pretty much just stick their head out the window and take a look, right? And I give credit to those people that do traffic updates. I they somehow managed to give a report in a way yes. that. No one really understands what they just said when it's all done. And and certainly, if you don't live in the city that that traffic report is coming from, you have yeah. no idea what they just talked about. They just named off nine presidents and a couple senators. And, and, you're, and you're, what, where's the cars and the roads? What are you talking about? Yeah, pretty much. Well, basically, if you're on anywhere near a highway and you want to know what the traffic is and it's 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning, you don't really need a traffic reporter. It's pretty much, I think I can safely say, in any... Find the city that's listening to TalkZone.com. The traffic's bad. Yes. How about that? Get out of bed early. Leave early. The traffic's going to be bad. Take public transportation if you can. I was one of those guys, Adam, uh, you know, back in grade school when they were asking career, what you wanted to be for a career. Right. Before jumping into this highly lucrative inter- uh, internet sports talk career. Right. Which I, I, I know you had a... planned from a young age that you were going to be on actually, internet radio. Actually not. <laughs> I, the original goal is was to be a traffic reporter. I wanted to be one of those okay. guys up in the helicopter, giving the traffic report. Other kids, you know, age you know ten, eleven, twelve, lawyer, doctor, professional basketball player. I set my goals extremely low, and I told my teacher traffic reporter was the goal I wanted to reach. You know, there's not that many helicopters out there anymore flying around for traffic. Not not like there used to be. Yeah. 
I mean, they, am I right in saying that? I feel are. like like TV stations and radio stations, they've and maybe because of the recession, they've taken them back a little bit. So maybe we should sell this big thing because uh, in the day. These days and days, there's traffic cameras, there's mm-hmm. there's computer systems. You don't really need to be flying above to know where the traffic is, which is why they used to have to do there that. There were a couple shows, and I might be confusing a Saturday Night Live skit with actuality, but I... Well, sometimes traffic reports can seem like they're on Saturday well, Yeah, Live. sometimes indeed, but wasn't there a couple times where people giving traffic reports actually got caught? Where they were just using the helicopter sound effect, and uh. they actually had... Lane closure or whoever the person is giving the traffic report, actually just in the studio with the fake helicopter sound. It wouldn't surprise me if that actually happened, mm-hmm. but it does sound like a great SNL skit, too. Yeah, that's outstanding. All right, 888-463-6748 is the voice of Adam Hogue joining us here on Two Guys in a Mic. I am the coach, John Cohn, with you up until 11 o'clock Central Time. You can email us anytime during the show at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C, number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Appearance number two for Adam Hogue. Again, proud graduate, at least we think. The proud part, we're sure of. The graduate was still questioning of University of Wisconsin. Do I need to bring in my diploma next time? Uh, would be a good thought. Okay. I will, uh, I'll have to do that because. I'd like a little verification. I don't know about our. <laughs> Producer David Olson, possibly our general manager here, the commander-in-chief Chris Whitting, might like to see that because there are, I don't know how to put this gently, but there are skeptics. Uh, yes, including my my father. I, I, throw, <laughs> I throw in as well. He's the lead skeptic, huh? The lead skeptic. But you did officially because he put graduate. a lot of money in that education, yeah. and uh, he, he still doesn't believe it. And you were the voice of the Wisconsin Badger hockey at times? Yes, I did uh, hockey, basketball, even a little football. I called the uh, O's. Eight Outback Bowl, which was a lot of fun. In the what? The Outback Bowl. Oh, okay. the 2008 Outback Bowl in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we did. We had fun in college, and didn't. You know, the the best thing about college, and and I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent. Advice for young guys trying to break in this business, but college is the time where you can take advantage of putting yourself in games and situations that you will have to work 15 years to get to mm-hmm. or back to because the. If you get in the right programs in college, you can get the credentials to the big bowl games and the big. And I went to uh, two NCAA tournaments, and you know, then you come out of college and you're like, well, I'm probably not gonna have this opportunity for another ten years. So take advantage of it while you can. And, and it's a learning experience. Right. I would venture to say you learn more doing that, actually doing it and traveling and preparing and actually getting real practical experience than anything you could have learned in four years in the classroom at Fine University of Wisconsin. Coach, there's two. I look back on my education at Wisconsin. I love it, Wisconsin. It's a great institution. But when you go into journalism, it's a little different than taking classes in a business school or things mm-hmm. like that. I'd say two classes actually helped me. One was a sports journalism class, and one was a very rigorous six-credit class, an introduction to journalism, and that helped too. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you know, the geography classes, the uh, the I don't know, the English literature classes. I oh, mean, in the you, end, uh, venture into a little foreign language, possibly. Uh, I got, Spanish, you know what? French? I got rid of that in high school, so really? I never had to take a language class wow. in in college. I never took a math class e- either in college. Man, I got to go to the high school you did. You Saint were able Ignatius. to advance out of all those classes. That's pretty good. Yeah. And by the way, never worry about going off on a tangent on this particular show because right. that's basically what we do for 58 minutes here on thetalkzone.com. Sports talk with a lot of tangents. One could say it's a lot of tangents, and then we throw in a little actual sports talk. 
Well, I'd like to think that this whole hour show is a tangent from yes. r- regular life. We're and I hope with... that our listeners sitting at work listening to us right now There's no feel the same way. It. No question. 888-463-6748. We're still working on names for the show. Two guys and a mic is what we came up with, but possibly off on a tangent. Might be another potential name for the show. I still like two guys and four mics, yes. which I brought up on Monday. Which is the reality here right. in the studio. You get two mics per person. Mm-hmm. The the best uh, studios there possibly could be if you could have two mics per person. Yes. Makes a show twice as better. Well, I, I think like a basketball team, we're going to talk some college basketball here in just a second, but a basketball team, five players, 12 on the bench, call it 12 working together. You want to add the coaches and make it 20 because each team has now, what, about eight coaches? Right, or whoever those guys are on the sport coach oh, and yeah. guys sitting on the bench, yeah. but you have to work together. We are you, as one, five become one on the court to be successful. We take these four microphones in the studio. Our producer before each and every show, David Olson, gets us together a little pep talk. We have to become one. It's not two guys and four mics. It's two guys and one mic. We are together with the mic, working in unison to provide the greatest of sports talk radio. Coach, like I just said, the hell am I talking? About? I was gonna say, I, I like I just said, I didn't take a math <laughs> class in college, and you threw way too many numbers out there. There was twenty guys on the bench, there was twelve on the court, or I don't know what what was going on there, but I can't process all those numbers. Well, but would you agree with me as we transfer in as a smooth transition here into college basketball right. talk midweek? Great games on TV last night, maybe for the first time of the year, really the first big Wednesday of college hoops, but one of the New trends in college basketball last five or ten years is there are more and more adults sitting on the bench oh, for college. Ba- there used to be a head coach and two assistants. Right. Then maybe there was a head coach, two assistants, and, and the trainer. Now there's like a head coach, five assistants, then the players, three more trainers, two student guys, the dean of students, an administrator, and then some clown who just found a way onto a seat wearing a sport coat and tie. It's unbelievable. Coach, uh, at the University of Wisconsin, where we mentioned I just come from, Bo Ryan doesn't even have a seat. <laughs> he crouches the whole game. There's no seat for him. The co- and the bench this year, I noticed for the first time ever, has actually turned into two rows. Uh, the managers now sit behind the bench uh-huh. because there's another five guys at the end of the bench. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a little out of control. When you think about it, at its very most basic, I mean, who was the guy who invented the game? James Naismith, right? Right. He put up a couple of peach baskets, invented what turned out to be a pretty fun game. Right. And in advance. But did he have any clue? I mean, and it's most basic. It's just five guys trying to put a ball into a hoop against the other five guys. Uh-huh. Do you really need 12 adult grown men to help coach those five people? Or whatever they're doing, if they're not coaching, you know, assisting in some way. Is it that complicated that you need that many adults? And you notice how serious they're looking to on the bench? Oh, yeah. Everyone's so intense. Well, Coach, the, the, in any sport, there, there's been, I feel like in the last 10 years since the you know Internet has jumped up and there's so many newer ways to keep track of information, yep. you got these coaches on the bench like keeping track of every little nuance on mm-hmm. paper and number. And I think that's... They they feel like they can get an edge in every possible way, and I think that's why you're starting to see so many guys on the bench because you know half of those guys aren't even coaches. You know they're 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 not assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Then you have you have your like your head of basketball operations. Oh yeah. And I'm and I've never understood why that guy sit on the bench because he's like the guy that plans the the road trips and right. things like that. But and he's then now there. you've got an assistant 
head of basketball right. operations. You got your video guy. Oh, you got to have a video guy. And now it's starting to turn into two video guys. Yeah, you got your staff guys. Right. You know, you got about eight guys keeping stats. And then you usually have, like, the faculty representative. You know, they pick maybe, uh, I don't know, some kind of reward system where they'll invite, you know, the math teacher down, the foreign language department, mm-hmm. God forbid, a chemistry teacher, some guest faculty member to sit with the team. Oh, and then you got your team tutors. Uh, when you're on yeah. the road, you got your tutors. The academic advisor. That You know, that's not a bad job. I should go into that. An academic advisor? Yeah. Yikes. I mean, I don't think I'd be very good at it, but uh, you know, you have the opportunity to work with work, work with a college basketball team. That'd be all right. Uh, there are some odd things happening. That's something we could throw out to our listening audience today: college basketball or NBA basketball. Uh, positive trends, negative trends, things you'd like to see, and maybe some of the new trends. Be it playing style, too many coaches, whatever it might be. Some new trends the last couple of years you've noticed that you think. Maybe a little negative, or maybe destroying the game. Eh, destroying is too hard of a word, but but uh, you know, bringing down a little bit the game that you so much love. It could be something to do with players. It could be rules. This is just one thing. Too many sport coded people. Too many too many people on the bench would be one. But you got to you want to contribute on that eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. It could be at the high school, college, or NBA level. The game we love so much. Basketball is what we're talking about, Mike. Two guys, MIC number two, guys at AOL.com, the website. Adam, some great games last night, including a game one that was almost NCAA round four tournament-type atmosphere, Michigan State and Gonzaga. Yeah, it didn't start out like that. I mean, there was, uh, especially on Michigan State's end, a lot of turnovers early, and you see that a lot in early season college basketball. But I'll tell you what, the Gonzaga Bulldogs looked like they're in midseason form because this is a team that is not ranked right now. They're replacing uh, guys like Jeremy Pargo and Josh Heitvelt, and there's you know supposed to be some growing pains. That team went into Michigan State yesterday and almost pulled out an upset. And and in a losing effort, to me, that is you know a, that team is a top twenty team at least, if not top fifteen. The big guys, wow, they brought in some big guys. Uh, Robert Sacri looked very impressive, very polished down low. I was impressed. Out of anything I saw last night, I was very impressed with what I saw from Gonzaga and head coach Mark Few, very underrated. That is a great basketball program. Not a good one, but a great one. They're out in the uh, Pacific Northwest. I think they're actually in the Pacific Ocean. They're so far out there. Not many people talk about them. Uh, You know, they used to be the little underrated Cinderella team. I think people... Realize now that Gonzaga's established. It's not a one- or two-year story, folks. It is a 15-year. Dan yeah, Monson, what? who used was to coach... Was that 97 when they beat Minnesota in the NCAA tournament? That I believe it was yeah, 97. It's at least at least 11 or 12 years. Yeah. Dan Monson, who became the coach at Minnesota, is right. the one who started it. Mark Few was his assistant. Sometimes it's very tough for an assistant to take over when the head coach leaves to continue the great success. Mark Few has not only continued it, he's even raised that level up a notch. They are a treasure. They are, an, I think you could still call them an underrated program, and year in, year out, every single year, I don't know how you recruit players to Gonzaga. That's not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Where is that, near Puget Sound? Uh, it is Spokane, Okay. which I believe is a couple hours mm-hmm. inside, in the middle of the state from Seattle. I think you're actually going in-state 
And, and, and when you look at the top players, top 20, top 25, top 30 high school players every year, where are they going? Very few yeah. times. Do you see any kind of high school star going to Gonzaga? But every year, you watch Gonzaga play, and they're right there at the top. And last night, a great example, bunch of new players joining a couple returners. They're at Michigan State. The Izone, right? Yes. Crazy Michigan State fan, number two ranked. They got everybody back almost from last year's team. And they, from what I saw, they took the game to the Spartans. Gonzaga is a great basketball program. I love what they did, love what they do, and I love their coach, Mark Few. And Michigan State might not, not have played their best game last night, but we're still talking about the number two team in the country and not an overhyped number two team in the country because that team was in the national championship a year ago, and the only person they lost was Goran Sutan, who is a very good big man, but not great. You know, he's not going to go off in the NBA. He's not like a huge hole, and they brought in some freshmen that I think you saw last night that can play and fill in down there. So they have a very polished veteran team that went to the national championship last year. So, yeah, maybe they struggled, but you still can't take anything away from what Gonzaga did. They, they went in there. They almost pulled off a big upset. And the one thing about Gonzaga, as you talk about their program coach, and Steve Lavin, who was the, the uh, color yeah. analyst last night during this game, was brought up their facilities and how they, they've kind of – turned into a premier program because they play in the West Coast Conference mm-hmm. and most mid-majors, while they're Division One, they don't have all the nice facilities and they don't always travel and charter airplanes to their road games, but Gonzaga's been able to do that. They built themselves uh, a brand new basketball court that opened a, a couple years ago. And so not only what their coaches have been able to do, but what the athletic department's been able to do, building on that success of that program is very impressive, and that only helps, you know, stay up there as a national powerhouse. That's not going to change. Gonzaga's not going anywhere. Now, the question is, can they ever win a national championship? Because there was a few years, specifically when Adam Morrison was there, when you talked about them as a national title contender. That's mm-hmm. kind of come down a little bit in recent years, but they're still top 25 team every year, and I think... Do you, Coach, do you think that they'll actually be ranked next week? I know rankings are really like not important this time of year, but they lost, and I could see them be ranked next week because, to me, they prove that they're a top-20 team, and right now they're not ranked. I think there's a simple answer to that question, and it's yes. That, and you yeah. don't see that happen that often. No. Yeah, they're gonna. They were. They're out of the top twenty-five. They were not preseason top twenty-five. Right. They lose their opening game, and if they don't play any games until the next rankings come out, they will jump into the top twenty-five with a loss. I agree. If I was, if I had a vote, I, yeah. I would put them in there. I'd put them probably around sixteen or seventeen, actually. And I believe announcer Steve Levin said the same thing. Okay. That well, this is clearly yeah. a top twenty-five team. We're talking a little college basketball midweek. I know it's primarily football season, but uh, the college hoop season has taken off. NBA also. You want to talk some hoops with us? Your favorite college team out there? What do you see so far early on? What are you excited about? 888-463-6748, the phone number to do it. A Hogue in with the coach today. Here on the talkzone.com. And again, you can always email your comments at Mike, two guys, MIC number two, Mike, two guys at AOL.com. I'm an old man, Adam. I go to sleep earlier and earlier as I get older and older. The Memphis, Kansas game I watched for all of uh, about three minutes. Yeah. A little bit uh, late for my blood, but it turned into a great matchup. And apparently, uh, Kansas won in a pitching duel 57 yeah. 55. Was yeah. that the halftime score or was that the final score? 
Well, yeah, for those two teams, that's that's usually. You, I mean, when that's, those two teams met in the national championship two years ago, I yeah. think the final score was close to a hundred, right? If I remember right, and and this is an example of you know an early season game, and 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 neither team shot well. I mean, they shot awful. Bill Self was hilarious at in his uh, halftime hit with uh, I. I'm not sure who was. Do- I think it was Holly Rowe, maybe that was doing the sideline reporting last night. Anyway, he, he fl- our our offense flat out stinks. I mean, I mean, he was hilarious. And after the game, was like eh, our offense was terrible tonight. But you know, we got the job done and give 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 our guys credit. And and he said that they needed a game like this, but not as impressive as Gonzaga. But Memphis showed that they're going to hang around and. Uh, so yeah, another good game at night, Coach. How how much there was a 24-hour marathon of college basketball on ESPN yeah, what, on ESPN networks. How many hours did you watch? It, when is that? Is that coming up pretty soon? right? No, no, it was last. It, it was yesterday. Was. I missed it. Yeah, it's oh, over. Oh man, they didn't publicize it that much. I I you know what I thought the last same night was the 24-hour. I yeah I ah. thought that they did a poor job of selling it because I didn't even know about it. What happened was I was watching the Monday Night Football game mm-hmm. and it started. At 11 p.m. right after the Monday Night Football game okay. the other night. Okay? So it went from 11 o'clock Monday night to 11 o'clock last night. Right. On time. the East Coast, it was midnight to midnight. Okay. That's why it... So Central Time, it was from 11 to 11. And I watched the first game, which was UCLA uh, losing and getting upset at home uh, to... Who was it? It was uh, Cal State Fullerton beat mm-hmm. them. And so I watched two hours there. I'd say overall, yesterday I watched a lot of work. I mean, I might have watched 10 hours of college basketball. Out of 24, I think that's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. There. That's pretty I'm disappointed I didn't know that. I would have woken up maybe you know, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning while I'm reading my morning newspaper, catch a little, uh, you know, maybe anteater basketball as they take out. Who is the anteaters? UIC Irvin? Maybe taking out of Santa Clara or something like that. Little Saint East Coast. St. Peter's. Who? St. Peter's. Yeah. Started their game at 6 a.m. Wow. And they and they had a pretty good crowd there, because you know they hype it up. It's oh, yeah. you know on campus we're going to be on national television. They mm-hmm. love the exposure. How many of those college students? I think I know the answer to that. But how many of those college students woke up to go to the game, and how many went to bed when it was over? Exactly. Because they were up all night. Probably I, a high percentage the latter, right? Yes, that's what I would have done. <laughs> couple of years ago. Oh, goodness. College Hoops, some great games locally. Of course, our fighting Illini looked very good. They defeated Northern Illinois University. They got a freshman named Brandon Paul, who's playing extremely well. 20 points in the first half. Of course, he scored zero in the second half, but all we yeah. have to concentrate on is 20 in the first half. So we got a fighting Illini team, and uh, even more locally, Adam, uh, about 15 minutes from here, Northwestern University. Big game today. They're taking on Butler on the Big Ten yes. channel. I will be watching. You know, coach, this was a game that got played last year that I don't it wasn't on TV. I think it was streamed only online. Uh-huh. And I was very disappointed because it was a very good matchup. That was live from the Hinkle Fieldhouse last yeah. year. And I, is, yeah, and it was only online. That's a place I want to visit. Oh, I have I, you, I've never been there and I've I've been dying to go there. We may need a two guys at a mic remote. Let's do I don't it. Know if David Olson travels, we'll bring our producer with us. We'll Find a nice Motel 6 in the uh, Indiana area and go to a Butler game at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Probably a tough ticket to get. Out of sight, my man. <laughs> Let's do it tonight. Huh? Let's do it tonight. Northwestern's there. The game's at Northwestern. The hell do I want to go to Hinkle Fieldhouse? There's probably like a JV volleyball game going on. Well, let's do it in Evanston then. 
<laughs> it doesn't quite have the no, same effect. It's not the know? same thing, is it? Yeah, there's good stuff out there. College basketball, we're getting into it. NBA 2, our Chicago Bulls, Bulls right here in the Chicago area. They were victorious last night as they start their West Coast triple talk. Some NBA and college hoops. And we'll get around to football and much, much more when we come back. We'll take a quick break on the talkzone.com. Our breaks are quick. Don't go anywhere. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone not sure i like the way he says once again it's almost like he's tired oh, well, once again yeah. it's the coach like john it's overkill cone. yeah come on I'll try to get excited here we're only on one hour a day five days a week five in total adam hoke joining the coach today here in the talkzone.com again our phone lines are open 888 Four six three six seven four eight. Real quick, just to finish the basketball discussion, Adam, I would like to go down not all twenty five, but some of the top twenty five preseason. Yes, college hoops teams. You know that's going to change. Uh huh. There'll be some top teams that will drop out, right? Yes. And there'll be some surprise teams. We saw one yesterday, Gonzaga. Certainly. That will move up. But if you could, uh, for our listening audience, using your wisdom and expertise. Okay. Where's the laugh track when I need it? Uh, I'm going to go over the college quick. There's a little expertise here. I've been to some of these places. You've been there and you've done that? Yeah. Well, you've been there. Yes, I've been there. We'll keep it at that. (laughs) Uh, A quick analysis of their basketball program, and then also, as a recently ex-college student, a little bit of the college environment and what it would mean going to school there. Kansas and Michigan State, they're 1-2. That's almost too easy. Number three ranked team, powerhouse Texas. Not only good in football, their basketball program uh, again this year very very good yes and uh from what i understand i don't know what their basketball environment's like uh wisconsin played there a couple years ago so i got to see it on tv and obviously i've watched texas a few times over the years but i hear that austin is one of the best college towns in the country and i'm very accustomed to madison wisconsin i've heard that austin is basically madison in a warm climate environment Mm Which to me is like, well, why the hell didn't I go to Texas then? Because I hated the winters up there, and I can't, I can barely stand it here in Chicago. Yeah, but you were a hockey announcer. I don't think it would be the same right. thrill announcing University of Texas hockey. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's good like that three program people in the is. crowd. Yeah. Is Welcome. there is there a team? You mentioned the three. Those three people must be pretty bored. I'm not sure there's a team coach. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to University of Texas hockey. Mr. Smith, thanks for showing up. Mr. Jackson, good to see you. And that's Mr. Schwartz over in the corner. Thanks for coming. Have a nice day, everybody. Right. By the way, we're in a room watching the Dallas Stars. That's the <laughs> University of Texas Hockey. All right. But, yeah, you're right. Good college town, good sports program. Number fourth rank, Kentucky. The Wildcats. Great basketball tradition. Down recently, but this year they're back, and they got a phenomenal freshman by the name of John Wall. Yeah, John Wall had to sit out the first two games because uh, he talked to someone that was actually a sports agent, something like that. 
And and this is one thing you mentioned earlier, things you want to change about college. I would go to the recruiting right away, Coach. And we, that's a whole different topic. But uh, this team, Calpari came in. Great great guy, by the way. Great personality. I love Coach Calpari. If you ever hear him go on radio shows, he's great. He'd be a great guest for this show. Um, and he's turning things around quickly there. Kentucky's going to be pretty good. They're really young. So that's why that they they almost lost to Miami Ohio the other night. They needed John Wall's shot at the end to win it, but they're going to be good by the end of the year. What about Kentucky? As you've traveled around the United States with your soon-to-be significant other uh, as a environment at the University of Kentucky as a college student, any place that has Ashley Judd in attendance, that's a good point. I'm all for it. That's a good point. Yes, she's she's up in her Cougar years right now, you know. Oh yeah, she's a Cougar. You're looking at me like that, Ashley Judd. She's got to be mid, early 40s. Come on, Double Jeopardy Younger? was like 10 years ago. Say, Older? I'd say, I'd say early 30s. Older? She Look it up. A... I guarantee you she's at oh. least 39, 40. Wow, if she's past her cougar years, then I'm going to really be depressed. Well, what's past cougar years? I have no idea. You talk, what, are you, what do I look like, a middle-aged woman? Eight <laughs> <laughs> 888-463-6748. Yes, David? 41. 41 she Baby. That guy, D. Olson, my bodyguard, the strong and silent one on the other side of the glass. And by the way, if you've ever talked to him, you appreciate the fact he's on the other side of the glass. He can get stuff on the computer quicker than um, Brandon Jennings can get from one end of the court to the other for the Milwaukee Bucks. Because I don't want to take anything away from our fire producer, but have you ever heard of Google? Yeah, but it's the quickness. Yeah, it's I can... Google. You type it in Google. First link is Wikipedia. Bam. Answer. Every time. That's what you just did, right? Shut your pie hole! (laughs) (laughs) You're just ruining the image of our award, soon-to-be award-winning producer. I don't know what awards they give on the internet radio. I think they're called the Lubitrons. And you get a Luby, but I guarantee you, producer, a a Lubitron. A Luby? I believe it's a Luby. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be some awards. If there's not, we'll start one. We'll call it the Ashley Judd Award. The Ashley Judd Award. That's a whole other award, believe me. All right, quickly moving down, uh, how about Purdue? Ranked number seventh in the country, the pride and joy of the Midwest. Great team this year, Lafayette, Indiana. Yes. How's that for going to school? Uh, I don't know about going to school there, but I've been to to, uh, Mackey Arena. Okay. And it's... Very similar to Illinois uh, down at Assembly Hall, where it's kind of a circle all the way around. Does it smell the same outside as it does in Champaign? It smells worse. Really? Worse? <laughs> and it's a little bit of an older-looking building. Good atmosphere, though. The fans there are great. Mm-hmm. And their team this year is going to be, I mean, they're a legitimate, yes. legitimate national championship contender. They're that good. Robbie Hummel, they basically got a white kid playing with four African-American guys, and they all can play. And the white kid might be the best of the bunch. Well, yeah, he definitely is. I mean, he's their best player. And you know that. What's interesting about Purdue? I'm really, in, I'm, I want to see if they can get over the hump because this team I thought could contend last year for a national title. Mm-hmm. And Robbie Hummel was hurt. He had back problems yep. through the year. I know both of us are. Having, by the way, how's your back? Better? Uh, I got a week back. Ask me how long I've had it. How long you had it? Oh, about a week back. No, it is better. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, and that kind of set Purdue back a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they should be better this year, and I agree. Oh, they're going to be a lot better. I mean, and they, and they were good last year. Etwan Moore, Jawan Johnson, the big monster in the middle, Chicago and Lewis Jackson at the point, and then they got the defender, Chris Kramer, who was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. They are more than a solid team. 
they have a chance to be spectacular. Coach, I think they can beat Michigan State for the Big Ten title. There's no question. I mean, everyone's kind of handing it to Michigan State because they went to the national championship game. I like Purdue a little bit more, actually. One could argue, you look at Purdue's lineup, can Michigan State beat Purdue for the Big Ten championship? Those two teams are going to be awfully tough. All right, real quick, let's move down to uh, Tennessee. Okay. The University of Tennessee always shoot the ball. Bruce Pearl or... uh, Wild and crazy coach, and what about Tennessee as an institution? I'm sure you've been down there and traveled around beautiful, what is it, Knoxville? Yeah, I've never been to Knoxville. Really? But uh, I had a chance to see Tennessee in the Outback Bowl two years ago. Uh, so, you know, you're not on campus, but you could see a football program and kind of their fans, and you get to meet some of their fans, and, and you know, the kind of fans that travel to bowl games. Tennessee is a great, you know, athletic program, pretty good school, Uh as far as basketball goes, I know they're kind of up and coming under Bruce Pearl. They've had some good mm-hmm. years recently, and, and I assume, I've never been there, that it's getting tougher to play down in Knoxville. Ranked number 10 in the preseason. They won. Did you Do you have your the score from last night's game? I do not. They won 124-49 to 49 last wow. night. Wow. Over UNC Asheville. Wow. I believe the score at one point was 52-6. to six. Mm-hmm. UNC Asheville had... Two field goals in the first half. 52-6. to six. And UNC Asheville, a Division One opponent. Oh, yeah. They've had some good years. Uh-huh. Uh, two field goals in the first half. Their first one was scored with 341 left in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I watched about 10 hours of college basketball yesterday. Uh, now, you say you want to be a future basketball coach. I'll throw this out to the listeners, too. If you're winning big, winning big, what do you do as a coach to keep the game honest, be true to the sport, but also respect your opponent, young basketball coach Adam Hogue, and we throw that out to the fans too. 888-463-6748. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. What's your strategy as a coach? You got a big lead, game over. Again, you don't want to make a joke of things. How do right. you, what do you tell the boys? Well, funny you bring this up because this happened a couple nights ago with, uh, Florida International and Isaiah Thomas, who's now taking over that yes, program. I heard a little bit uh, of controversy. He got mad at the Tulsa head coach. I, I I forget his name right now, and I apologize for that. But uh, he he was upset. Doug, that, Doug Wojcik. Okay, he was upset. By the that, way, I got that out of my own head. Not no, Mr. Google over there, David Olson. I was quicker than him. Look at that. He's got three fingers on the Tulsa head coach. <laughs> I got it. Probably mispronouncing his last name, but I got it. Doug Wojcik. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, can you spell it? Huh? Can you spell it? Don't press your luck. Uh, anyway, uh, he got upset with Tulsa for kind of running up the score. And what the Tulsa head coach said, and I totally agree with him, is that, look, it's early in the year, and I'm not trying to run up the score or anything, but I, I need I, – you go into every game early in the year with kind of a goal, okay? Because you're trying to not only win, but you're trying to develop your team and get better. And I think this happens in college basketball more than any other sport, mm-hmm. getting better – through the year. I mean, you can see teams become a completely different team by the end of the year. But you don't want to get better at the expense of crushing other fellow athletes. Respect the game. I didn't see that particular game. Yeah, But But you can't be just, in my opinion, you can't be totally selfish and just be thinking about your program. You do have to look down at the other team and respect them as fellow competitors, fellow athletes. If I have a young team, though, Coach, that doesn't have a whole lot of experience, which I believe is what was going on in that Tulsa situation, I want to keep those guys on the floor a little bit longer and get them more game experience. That that doesn't necessarily mean they're running up the score. Even if they're my starters, if Mm -hmm. I have some like two freshmen out there, okay, even if they're starters, I might keep them in there late in the game so that they can get more experience. 
But what about the guys on the end of the bench? The game has been decided, and again, you, you appear to be a very selfish coach, coach how considering is, only your top five players. Look down on the bench at guys number 11, 12, yes. 13, and 14 who have busted their butt in practice every single day working hard. They're the scout team. Right. You know, they have to do stuff, you know, uh, you know, not non-marquee stuff like that. They don't get their names in the paper a lot when the game is decided. But they work every bit as hard as the stars. They're there in the summertime. They're right. committing to the program. They're good soldiers. Do they not deserve to get out there and play? They do. But how's that going to help me? Not under selfish coaches like yourself. Well, how's that going to help <laughs> me though later in the year? I mean, what? What? See, is it's the, all about you. What is those? You sound like Bobby Knight. You guys will not do that to me again. You will not embarrass me again. No, Bobby, it's not me. Well. It's about the players in the program. If you want to compare me to one of the winningest coaches of all time, I'm, I'll take that as a compliment. Thanks, I'm comparing coach. you to him only in your arrogance and your selfishness. I mean, 900 <laughs> wins. I'm good. I got 900 wins. I'm all right. Oh, good. No. To me, if you're winning big in a game, you, A, let's take basketball. You, I know. A, you, you don't fast break. Okay? I agree. Fair enough. B, you don't press. Yeah, pressing is the number one rule. Yeah. I, I definitely don't press before. Yeah, which I'm assuming Dub Wojcik did not do. No, I don't think he was pressing. The Tulsa coach. All right, so you don't press, you don't fast break, or you extremely limit your fast breaks. And number three, you play your subs. And then beyond that, you can't tell the subs who come in off the bench not to play hard. Hey, guys, we got a big lead. You know, don't even try to score. No. You go out there and play. You don't press, you don't fast break, you play your subs, and then let everything else fall in place. I don't know, Coach. I think I think it depends on the situation. I guess what I'm saying is early in the season, you want to get maybe some 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 of your younger guys more experience in that situation. Uh, yes, if if we're talking about this is February, all right, and you're you're up 20 points in a conference game and it's definitely over, and and you're on the road somewhere. Let's say you're like a Duke or something, and mm-hmm. you and you got a couple guys at the end of the bench that have busted their butt for for years for this program, then I I got that sentimental feeling too. I'm going to reward those guys and get them in the game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and and they can enjoy that experience. But it's not always – it's not like you have to do that every game. If if you have an opportunity to make your team better right then, because you're not going to make your team better by getting the last two guys on your bench. The game's over. It the doesn't game, matter. You one could argue the next game. It you does can always matter. practice. Now, your better player, once the game's over, it's going to get sloppy. All they do is develop bad habits. If you agree with me, 888-463-6748. If you agree with Adam, I don't want to hear from you. If you agree with <laughs> me, you can email at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. If you agree with Adam, what's your home uh, email address? If you I don't agree with Adam, this. you can feel free to <laughs> call me up in 30 years when I have 900 wins. <laughs> And uh, and I'll reward you with tickets to a game, or something like that. In thirty years from now, well, I'm probably going to take more than that. Probably I just hope in thirty years I'm around to be rewarded. I'll take any kind of tickets. Well, you won't be rewarded. You're disagreeing with me, huh? And in thirty years, believe me, I'll be happy just to uh, take your ticket, and I probably won't even recognize you. I'm already suffering from early stage Alzheimer's disease. It hasn't been diagnosed yet, but with my lack of memory, I'm firmly convinced that I have early stage Alzheimer's. Nothing to joke about, by the way. All right, real quick, before we take a break, a couple of other college institutions, Ohio State basketball program, top yeah. 20 this year, Columbus, Ohio. You've been there? I have been there. Have you done that? Uh, I have not done that. Wow. 
But I witnessed the number one, number one game when you had number one Ohio State versus number one Wisconsin. Nice. They were number one in different polls. They in converged. Basket- basketball. 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 Okay. This was in 2007. February 25th, 2007. A mm-hmm. day that will live in infamy in my life. Mm-hmm. Ohio State won the game. Uh, I don't, Who could forget? Who Mike, could forget? Mike when, Conley when floater in the lane. The year when they had Greg Oden ah. and Mike Conley. But uh, that place, that's a nice stadium out there. They they built themselves a nice facility, mm-hmm. which kind of surprised me because until recent years, Ohio State wasn't a big basketball yes. program. But that's what a great football program can get you. It's a football school, but their basketball program right now, pretty close to being up with the elite. But what I mean is that yeah, when you have that kind of money coming yep. in from your football program, you mm-hmm. can go ahead and build your crappy basketball team a, a great facility. And your field hockey fields, your lacrosse fields, your oh, indoor yeah. volleyball center. You're right. If you want to talk about great athletic facilities, Ohio State might have the best across the board in the country. Mm-hmm. Go out to Columbus and look at it. Columbus is uh, one, of, one of the worst places I've ever been. But <laughs> athletic facilities, beautiful. All right, and finally, let's head out east to rank number eight in the country. Bobby Huggins is now their coach. It's Morgantown, West Virginia, I believe. Right. Real quick, the college town of Morgantown and the basketball program that is West Virginia. By the way, if you're out there listening, you want to pump up your particular college environment or your college gymnasium and the scene at your basketball games and uh, educate Adam a little bit, you can do it. 888-463-6748. But Morgantown, you've been there. No, I have not. And, uh, yeah, someone can call in and educate me on Morgantown. I've only heard bad things. Really? Well, I mean, their facilities aren't that great. They've had some good teams, but you look at their football stadium, it's just like a normal average Stadium that probably seats 50,000 people. Right. Keep an eye on their basketball team this year. They're going to be tough. Number eight ranked. Couple of superstars. Names escaping me now. He's got one of the top seniors coming back. They got a great freshman coming in. Bobby Huggins, another one of those guys who's a little bit hard to like when you watch him and you listen to him. Kind of cocky, arrogant, little bit of the GQ guy, but little drinky. Huh? Little drinky. Little drinky problems, but uh, he's pretty personable, sort of like Calipari. And the one thing does, he wins wherever he is. When he left Cincinnati, they were top ten. Yes. How's Cincinnati doing now in basketball? Oh, they're, I mean, they're, they're nobody. It's a football school now. Oh, yeah. No question. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break. TalkZone.com. Final segment coming up. Two guys and a mic. Make it three guys. Join us. 888-463-6748. Or you can email us at Mike2Guys, M-I-C number two. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Quick break. My bodyguard, David Olson, our outstanding producer. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And we are back. Final segment on the TalkZone.com. Adam Hogue, one hour. Uh, it's not enough. No, it's not. We need to get two hours. We're working on it with the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting. we got to get two hours here on Two Guys and a Mic. The one hour just flies by. It It is. It's too hard to fit everything in. 
Huh? It's, it's too hard to fit everything in. Absolutely. I mean, there's little things that we're definitely not even going to talk to. I could sneak in right now, like Iowa losing to Duquesne. They're going to be awful this year. Mm-hmm. DePaul won their first game in, I think, four years. And they're going to be, hate to say it, but probably awful they're this gonna year. They're going to be awful as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to get to a Cy Young Award and also the first NFL coach of the year to get fired. He's an ex-Chicago Bear coach. We know him well. But real quick before we do that, I forgot to mention you. Uh, you we did mention you were on Monday, yeah. You were the voice of the Wisconsin Badger college hockey, and that's if you're not familiar with college hockey in Wisconsin, folks, that's big time stuff. Yes, I mean you've got a job I would envy doing, but you also currently are the voice of the Madison Ice Muskie hockey team. Tell us how we can listen to some of those games. Uh, you can go to icemuskies.com, and it's not muskies. Monkeys. It's not monkeys, which you didn't say, but other people have thought. It's Ice Muskies, like the fish, okay. dot com. We stream all the games, uh, audio for every game and video for the home games. And it's it's actually surprisingly pretty competitive single-A hockey. Mm-hmm. And it is officially, you know, minor leagues. And you travel with the team, you go to the small towns, you yes. ride the bus. Is it, uh, paint a picture for us, is it somewhat similar to the slap shot kind of environment? From the yeah, movie? Yes. I mean, we play in uh, in rinks that, like... That's always a good start. Right. There's ice. That's good. <laughs> and we're not playing, like, on, uh, on like, a State Street. Okay. You know, uh, the outdoor rink there. But uh, it it's like a place you would take your kid to go ice skating, you know, in the suburbs here. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the kind of rinks we play in. They have very few stands. What kind of crowds? 100, 200, 1,000, a couple thousand? Uh, most place bring most places bring in a couple hundred. Uh, we've been actually doing pretty well up in Madison. Great sports town, very underrated sports town. And so for us, you know, we managed to have 1,200 for our first game. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of crowds you're going to get in single-A hockey. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's fighting, which you can't get. Uh, in college hockey, they don't let you fight. And we see, if, actually, these guys fight a lot, a little bit more than they should, in my opinion. Um, and there's big hits, goals, tons of offense. If you like scoring, we've seen scores like 9-7. to seven. So it's uh, Madison Ice Muskies Hockey, icemuskies.com. Okay. People want to get the schedule, or is, are some of the broadcast podcasts where they can listen to an Adam Hogue call on the game? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Icebuskies.com. All right, real quick, couple of minutes left. Other stories yesterday, mid-morning break, sports report. That's what we are here in the talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic. The uh, Baseball Writers Association coming out with their awards, Adam. The first big one was the Cy Young Award yesterday. The American League gives it to Zach Grenke, who pitched for one of the worst teams, the KC Royals. I thought he was a deser- deserving choice. At times, he was absolutely dominant for, again, a very bad team. Yeah, I, I I don't even know why people were making an issue out of this, you know, making it a debate. I think they're just doing it to have a debate. Zach Greinke was the best pitcher in baseball this year. Yeah, he only had 16 wins. Did you see the team he played for? I mean, that team was terrible. It was awful. Just an awful baseball team. He's the Kansas City Royals become the the team with the lowest winning percentage. I, any team that had a Cy Young winner yesterday when that when uh, Granky won, this wasn't even an issue. He's by far the best pitcher. Great season, nasty stuff, and uh, now we just need some team like the Phillies to come in and take him out of the AL Central. Mm-hmm. That would be great for uh, for 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 myself. For the White Sox fans, yes. Second place, Felix Hernandez, CC Sabathia, Roy Holiday. Justin Verlander were also in the picture. Some pretty good names right there. Congratulations to Zach Greinke. National League Cy Young Award will be announced 
very soon, possibly right at the end of our show. It's nice that they wait till our show is over before they announce it. We appreciate the Baseball Writers Association probably listening to our show right now, Adam. I tried to lobby for them to to announce it at ten. Yes, but they, oh, so that we could open up. With right, it. they 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 you know they wanted mm-hmm. money because. Yeah. They're writers. Well, I'm they sure don't, there's they don't a few, make much. few voting but. members, possibly even a Bud Selig, listening to our show right now. Bud, we love you. If you're listening, you can dial it up and call in any time. By the way, our guest line is the same as our caller line. Okay. We don't have any special lines here. It's 888-463-6748. If Bud Selig calls in and there's three callers on hold, our producer David Olson, he's about the everyman. He will put Bud Selig on hold. We take the callers first, the everyday callers out there, Adam. That's what this show is all about. I thought Bud Seale was an everyday caller. Yeah. On the other hand, if golfer Michelle Wee or tennis player Anna Kornikova were to call up David, please put them to the front of the list. Hey, how you doing? We only have respect for our callers up to a certain limit. Right. All right. <laughs> Real quick, uh, your uh, surmption. If I could use that word that's not actually a word. Your surmption on who the National League Cy Young Award winner will be. Um, Tim Lincecum had a pretty good year again. I got him coming third. Third? Who you got second then? Uh, here's my hint. I got two guys from the same team. One, two. So Cliff Lee? I'm going Adam. I say Cliff Lee joined too late, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, I agree. But, you know, Steve Sabathia did that the year before, and people thought he should win for the boy. Brewers. But but Cliff Lee, I mean, he, you know, he, and that's a whole other topic, yeah, guys. Joining teams with five weeks left of the season, all of a sudden leading them to the World Series, that bothers me a little bit. But I've got uh, Adam Wainwright. Of the St. Louis Cardinals, okay. number one, Chris Carpenter. Of the St. Louis Cardinals, two, and then the amazing Tim Lensicombe, number three. I say amazing because he's 140 pounds, and he throws 96 miles an hour. I can't quite figure out how he does that. You know, Coach, I'm not sure if I'm going to go ahead and agree with the exact order, but I, you know, now I think about it, Wainwright, I could definitely see him winning today, and he's probably, with what he did, a great season, mm-hmm. uh, the deserving winner today. Mm-hmm. And again, Dave Duncan doing a great job with him. Remember, he broke on the scene uh, like three, four years ago in the World Series as the closer for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was tremendous, and the Cardinals said we're going to turn him into a starting pitcher. A lot of people thought that was a mistake. Very few teams handle pitchers like the St. Louis Cardinals do. Dave Duncan assisting Tony La Russa, a big reason for their success. And uh, Adam Wainwright, Chris Carpenter, just the latest in the line of Dave Duncan protégés. Yeah, there's some coaches uh, coaching jobs in baseball that, you know, like what does a hitting coach really do? I don't buy into a hitting coach really having that great an effect. But I do think pitching coaches can take certain players and and really help them become much better pitchers. And mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that in a couple instances in Chicago, but I think Dave Duncan has proven over the years that he is uh, one of the best, if not the best, pitching coach in baseball. Mm-hmm. And I like your thought on hitting coaches as you were saying that. My thought, really, the key to a successful hitting coach is the one who least messes up the good hitters. Yes. Right? you got to give a few little hints and try to get a guy out of a slump, but really you're trying to mess up the hitter as little as possible. Well, I guess my point with that is, like, you don't see hitters all of a sudden, like, blossom. Like, hitters, they're black and white. They're either good or they're not. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't see, like, a guy... Uh, and maybe it's happened a few times, but and, and maybe it was because of drugs. But uh, you don't see a guy that's like, oh, well, he's got all the talent in the world, 
but he can't put it together. And then all of a sudden he has a new hitting coach and he blossoms into a star. That doesn't really happen. Uh, but with pitchers, you could take a guy like Matt Thornton, who when he was in Seattle couldn't, you know, he yeah he could throw 100 miles an hour, but they couldn't they couldn't get him to throw strikes. He comes to Chicago, Don Cooper works with him. He's been great for years now in that bullpen. Uh, and, and so I think pitching coaches can have that effect, whereas hitting coaches, it's just kind of a job. You kind of you know, good hitters get to stay in baseball, mm-hmm. although sometimes and a lot of times they become the scapegoats. And they get way too much credit when they get a lot of hitters that are great. And they get like the the guy the Cubs just hired. What what the hell's his name? Gerald Perry? Bon no. Joshua? No, no, no. The new guy from Texas. Oh, that, uh, that, yeah. The, all the steroids. Yeah. Uh, Ru- Rudy Tangelino. Ru- Rudy, Rudy Tangelino. That's his name. Rudy Jaramillo. <laughs> Rudy Jardinero. Right. Jardinero. Big fan of the Jardinero. Marconi! You ever try Jardinero pizza? No. Awfully good. Awfully good. But yeah, so he's coming and he's supposedly going to help. Well, well, he helped Milton Bradley. Anybody that can get Milton Bradley out of a slump, hey, the Chicago Cubs got to hire him. Right, but I think they're going to trade Milton Bradley still. So yeah, that's, that's a whole other. We're not going to get started on that. Hey, real quick, before we wrap up the show, and again, Cy Young National League Award today, more awards going to be coming. Nothing more exciting than late November when the Baseball Writers Association <laughs> make their baseball picks. But um, NFL. Head coaches, we know it's a tough, tough business, and the head coaches tend to fall like dominoes. We had our first one really pretty late, nine games into the season, but ex-Chicago Bear coach, ex-Detroit Lion coach is now in ex-Buffalo Bill coach. Our guy, Dick Chiron, gone, is the head coach of the Bill. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen. We're talking about this time last year he was getting an extension, and then as soon as he got that extension, mm-hmm. the, the team crapped out and they were terrible. The rest of the year, and it continued to be terrible this year. And why did he get hired? Is the is the I, the big question. And again, I don't question. mean to rip into the character of Dick Duran because I think he's a you know he's a quality guy, obviously an extremely intelligent guy. And from a character standpoint, they don't get any better. But he's not a head coach. No. Why did it take three teams to learn that the Bears hired him, and it was quite clear early? That he was not a head coach. Then he was the head for the Lions, right? Well, he was just an interim, and I interim head coach for the Lions. And I think you give the Lions credit actually for not keeping him around because they could have. And they said, "No, we're going to get a real head coach." They so give them credit. Even worse than hiring the, him in Buffalo, though, coach, is that they gave him that extension last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to hire Dick Duran; it's another to give him a, a long term extension. And now they're paying for it because the buyout is much higher when, if you remember, his contract was up at the end of last year. They could have just said goodbye. If they had not given him the extension, mm-hmm. the team was bad at the end of the year. They probably would have let him go at the end of last season because they they flopped and they weren't that good. And then you get a new head coach. And so, really, that's the big question here. Why did he get the extension a year ago? Ah, well, he's gone now. We know that. Dick Geron is gone real quick, Adam. we got about 22.5 seconds who will be the next NFL coach to bite the dust, or has Dick Duran become the only coach to get axed during the season? Eric Mangini. That's too easy. Probably at the end of the year, though. I don't think they ax him during the year, although it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh... By the way, speaking of Eric Mangini's ex-team, we had an email from uh, Jeffrey B. that says, Would Belichick, talking about the New England coach, Hey, guys, would Belichick be such a genius if he didn't have Tom Brady? I don't know. 
Sure. What came first, the chicken or the egg, right? right? exactly. Would Tom Brady be so great without the genius that is Big Belichick? All right, we got to wrap up today's show. Adam Hope, great having you in studio for both days. Yes, it was a lot of fun. We appreciate you coming in. IceMuskies.com, yes. the website. IceMuskies.com, the fun. baddest fish on the pond. <laughs> want to thank our producer, David Olson. Thank everybody out there for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 Central Time on the TalkZone.com. It's two guys and a mic saying goodbye. Have a great day.